heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. As we are seeing more and more in the rise of these protests, I mean, they're massive in size and scope. Some of them in Washington, D.C. over the weekend were significant and shocking, really, the amount of people out there. But we're seeing this and we're seeing it with professors, we're seeing it with the universities, the university heads, uh, they're they're challenged right now with coming out and doing what's right versus many of them are ducking the truth uh, and not pushing back against this uh, really, you know, the, the anti-Semitism and, and really something we're seeing here. I also see some interesting reports, um, which are, sound a little odd or strange, but people are almost saying that, well, you know, this really surfaced at this time and that again this isn't going to sound right but that like they the reports say that well hamas probably did the world a favor right now and you kind of get shocked when you hear that or see that but if, what does that really mean it means that in the way that they showcased uh the hostilities towards the jewish community number one number two their real threat to wipe them off the map which is what they say all the time death to israel death to america is the follow-up uh, and that uh, the barbarians and the savage attack on October 7th uh, and uh, the 1,400 people uh, and the nature of what they did was pretty serious and eye-opening, uh, my fellow Americans. And that has got the world's attention for sure. Listen, the story gets complicated. People are calling for ceasefires, that sort of thing. The administration's asking for a pause. Uh, Obama came out on the weekend talking about his adding his rhetoric and voice to uh, uh, the conversation as well. Also, some interesting things about Netanyahu today we will talk about. By the way, there were some protests uh, in uh, uh, right at his home, actually. And there's a lot of calls for him to resign. Even the Biden administration has come out and said some pretty shocking things about Netanyahu, and they think his time is very limited there as well. So there's all that going on as well. Welcome in, my fellow Americans, to the voice of a nation. It is indeed Malcolm out loud here. Privileged to be with you always. I have our dear, dear friend and uh, just a, a man who's been through a few things himself, uh, that we'll discuss today a little bit as well. And that is Dr. Peter Bregan is here indeed on the voice of a nation. And uh, so I think that, uh, let me go right to this question and point uh, Dr. Bregan and ask you this. With this rise of anti-Semitism, we're sensing and seeing on all sides of this conversation. What is your feelings just right out of the gate of of this what we're seeing of this rise and the protests, the universities and the size of the crowds. And I mean, people are saying things maybe that are, are shocking people and this, you know, from the river to the, uh, you know, to the sea kind of comments. Uh, what are your opening thoughts to that? And uh... Uh, thank you, Malcolm. I'm so glad to be talking with you today. It's a sober conversation. Um, 
This takes me back to two of the most traumatic and important events of my life, which occurred about when I was 10 years old. I was alive during the Holocaust. That's how old I am. Born in 36, 46, which is the end of the war, 45, certainly ends in 45. I'm, I'm nine years old. And I want people to hear this. This is a Jew talking, by the way. I'm not even going to say, hey, I'm Jewish. I'm a Jew. So here I am. I'm going to tell you a little story of a nine-year-old. We go to the theater, my parents and I. Neither of my parents were very verbal um, or very engaged with me. And um, we go to the show. We're expecting a family show. And on comes Movie Tone News. And it's black and white. And it's very loud and in your face. And it says, the first films from the liberation of, I think they called them concentration camps, the extermination camps. I'm, I'm a Jew. I've never heard of these concentration extermination camps for the Jews. And what I see are heaps of Jews. I think I see one of them moving in the heap, probably just terrified imagining that. And I'm seeing others sort of hanging like like skinny long crabs on the wires. Many of you may have seen those photos. Very skinny. They're barely holding themselves up. Vacant looks, large eyes, bulging out of their heads. And I wanted to not watch it. So I started to go beneath the seat and my mother sort of helped and my father said, make him watch. He has to watch. And I watched. And I never spoke to my parents about it. They, they were not, no emotional IQ there. Never spoke to my parents about it. At that point, I think it was exactly within days of that, that I decided they would never take me. I don't know where that came from. Well, that's as a nine-year-old, nonetheless. Yeah, they will never take me. Hmm. And I figured out whether it was right to lie to Nazis. I went through this whole thing in my head to escape them. And I thought about what happens in America, if it happens, all this all on my own. A few months later, my uncle Dutch comes back and he was one of the officers who was right into the, the extermination camps. I think he was at Auschwitz actually, not sure. He, who was an abusive man, I later found out, I wasn't surprised, he had pictures he'd brought back of a torture chamber, which he showed this nine to 10 year old boy. And I won't even try, I won't frighten you or upset you by describing the pictures. They are the pictures most probably biggest impact on me in my life. Hmm. It was beyond belief what they were doing to people alive, apparently, until the soldiers arrived. And I just formulated in my own mind, I not had, but by the way, I, even though I was in a Jewish community, I, I didn't have any Jewish, very little Jewish upbringing. So I, I wasn't terribly identified with being Jewish, but now I was. So for those of you who deny the Holocaust, these two pieces of data, one very personal, one very public, should uh, alleviate your burden of 
denying the Holocaust. Let, let me follow up and ask you something, uh, Peter. Um, when you heard the reports of what happened on October 7th, again, the words we always knew before October 7th were never again, never again. The world knew yeah. what those words meant, okay? When October 7th happened, this terrorist group, these barbarians, took the leap uh, to really wake Israel up. Like I said, there are people now literally saying that in the long run, they did a favor by waking the, the sleeping giant up in the world. People will argue and debate that point, of course. But when you look at all of these terrorist groups around the world and you look at Iran, the world's uh, leader in uh, ter these terrorist groups, and the sort of barbarian acts they did, I mean, ungodly things. Just You just can't even, I mean, putting the children in the oven and chopping heads off, which we've seen before with, with men uh, by the waterside back with ISIS. Now we were hearing things, the torture and the rape and the cruelty and the things they did. I, 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 I got to tell you, and, you know, and, and I think it is important to talk about this, Peter, because if people don't understand the gravity of what we're dealing with, I think then people gloss over it and they don't understand. I've read a lot of reports on this. This is pretty grotesque stuff. I mean, but I think it's important people do understand. What was your reaction when you seen or and understood the gravity of October 7th? Well, I'm not 10 anymore. And it was a much more complex reaction. Um, I do a, a regular once a month and sometimes more often uh, interview show where I'm interviewed with uh, led by a man in Israel, deeply religious man, and um, other some other people are involved, including the younger brother of Zev, deceased Zev Zelenko, Frank Zelenko. And um, one of my first thoughts is not what you might think. Hmm. One of them was, how did they do this? Israel has the supposedly the most airtight border security in the world. And um, how could they do this? And by now, me and Ginger have become really aware of how often attacks are planned by the side that's attacked or enabled, just enabled by the sides that's attacked. And I was very surprised that this was actually a major discussion already in Israel. This was only a, very shortly after the event. Now, I, for a very, very long time, I was, I deeply admired Netanyahu. He's, a, he's about my size and shape, probably a little taller. People say he looks a bit like me. My wife said she thinks of me when she sees him and his bravery. But Netanyahu has to bear heavy responsibility for an earlier uh, in the year Holocaust in Israel where possibly more people were killed by vaccines. I don't know the final data on what's going on there, and then it's hard to get. So Israel was the heart of the betrayal of the population by its leadership and made the earliest and most and very binding contracts with Pfizer, <clears throat> who we now know is representing the DOD, really, Department of Defense. 
and the Israeli leadership forced vaccines on their population more thoroughly than almost any other country. By, by the way, I've heard a story, I can't verify it, that some of the leadership called Zelenko, the senior, Zev, who's gone, and asked him for, they didn't want the vaccines, the leadership, but they wanted they wanted to know what they could take that was forbidden by the globalists, uh, what they could take to fend off um, the virus without getting vaccinated. Hmm. So I'm looking at a very complicated picture now. I mean, I've been an ardent supporter of Israel um, during the 68 war. I was in the U.S. Public Health Service as a lieutenant commander, and I couldn't go. I mean, it would have been rather life-changing to quit that job. I was in the service. Um, and I thought about going. Um, right. But I don't know too much about Netanyahu's difficulties is in with their Supreme Court or the courts in with him. But but you don't do something like that to your own population unless you are a globalist. And the major characteristics of the globalists mm -hmm. who we describe in our book, COVID-19 and the global predators, we are the prey, COVID-19, global prey, sold 150,000 copies now, Malcolm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. by ourselves and the characteristics of these people one one critic back in 1991 already was talking about that they were nomads the globalists have no attachment to their own community to their nation or to anything except what they can do to their for their own advantage in glory and money wealth power and all those those evil motives yeah, yeah, this was from a man who was a very high politically, and right. it was in France, and it was seeing them. Okay. Well, that's what a globalist is. So Netanyahu is in the bed with, and then other people confirmed it. Some of the Jews I was working with on the show were confirming that Netanyahu was very globally oriented, very close to globalists. Yeah, and it, that many people, many people in Israel were thinking he let him in. Not not yeah. that it was necessarily prearranged, right, right. But that right. that they that what they would say is mm -hmm. a rabbit can't get under there, right. right. They send a um, you know one of these observation uh, tools yeah. in the air. They send them to spy to make sure it's a rabbit or a chicken. There's a lot there. You say now. Let me let me point out a couple of things here. So the vaccines, okay. I looked at a lot of different reports and studies on Israel and their COVID. And there are certain countries. Israel's one of them. Uh, New Zealand is another. Australia is another. Heavily, heavily, heavily vaccinated, heavily mandated. A uh, lot of stress. They pushed it on the population. And these numbers, Peter, are they're documented like these are north of 80 percent these populations yeah. 80 to 100 percent are vaccinated it's pretty extreme uh new zealand just changed their politics just a couple of weeks ago and through their leftist finally marxist government the people have had enough and they're starting to rise and they have made a change there just as a sidebar here 
uh, and who knows what will happen in I I Israel itself. But here, here's an interesting fact for you, Peter. So, okay. So what percentage of Israel population is vaccinated? Back in July 22, listen to this number here. Is Israel had administered at least over 18 million doses of COVID vaccines so far, okay? Uh, assuming every person needs a couple of doses, that's what they assume, that's enough to have vaccinated more than 100%, it's actually 100.5% yes. yeah. of the country's population. Yes. Peter. Okay. So it, it is true what you said. They were there, and we knew they were. And not only that, but there was a sense out there. If you remember back then, Peter, when in the heat of COVID, there was a sense out there that Israel was taking the lead. In fact, about yes, this. It, yeah, it was. It was known. It was just. And and I'm talking about everything: their lifestyle, the mandates, the mask mandates. The in other words, they were taking a very. You couldn't even travel in and out of the country at one point, Peter. You know, they really were cracking down. Now. There's another sidebar here to mention to you. Netanyahu wasn't in power for all of that time. He came back into power in December 22, by the way. OK, he's he is the longest tenured prime minister in the nation's history. Uh, he served well over for a total now well up north of 16 years, Peter. OK, and he's the first prime minister to have been born in Israel after its declaration of independence, in fact. But he's the longest tenured one. And listen to this. He was the prime minister back in 96 to 99. Then they got out of power, his party and all of that. But he came back in 2009 to 2021. That was a long period of time there. And then surprising, he shocked everybody. He's like, he's like, he's just so many lives or something. Because he was pretty well done. Remember, there were a lot of criminal charges going after him in the courts, Peter, you know? Yeah. And he came back into power in December 22. Uh, but, you know, but still in 21, that was still the heat of COVID. So he was there when it all started, those policies, just to be clear. But then there was a little void of time where they were, their politics were getting very messy out there. They were all over the ballpark and nobody was really leading them. And then, in fact, a lot of people thought these terrorist groups would attack then. Because remember, there was a lot of uncertainty in the political arena there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was a little strange what was going on there. Now, I, like you, always looked at Netanyahu as a strong leader. Back to some of his historic speeches at the United Nations, there were times when I thought America could could benefit by uh, somebody of that caliber. In other words, with that sort of command of, mm -hmm. you know, he had that sort of very patriotic flow of him, of Israel. And that's kind of what we thought he was. But there are a lot of people now. I want to come back to your point about, you know, like you said, even a small little animal couldn't get underneath through that line of defense there. There's a lot of speculation to what you say with people about how did this happen? How did how could it have ever happened? Yeah. Could it have been an inside job? The other real problem, Peter, is this. And this is a real problem. Why did it take? And the reports are somewhere between six and eight hours, six, some say seven, some say eight, whatever it is. That's a unbelievable amount of time before the IDF forces were found on the scene. Why is that? I ask. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and there's a bigger picture which shows you how progressive the leadership is. When I was in Israel in 72, um, 
one of two times I've been there, um, I was struck by the omnipresent presence of soldiers and guns. And I was told that the soldier, every soldier keeps his gun and the gun's at home. Now, less than 2% of the population is armed. So those people couldn't even defend themselves against the heavily armed Hamas. They didn't have guns in their kibbutzim. They didn't, whatever, they, uh, I think they, that, that's what they were, their small villages, whatever they were in. Yeah, yeah. Um, they couldn't defend themselves. They had no weapons. So that's another part of what has gone on. And Israel was founded by leftists. And that's why they had all the leftist communities there, the communist communities scattered throughout the country that our young people were going to and helping to populate, but also to defend. Now, now defense has been taken over entirely by the government. That's your sign of progressivism. Um, so that's another bad sign. Mm. It's... Um, but I want to I want to take even a bigger picture here. You know me. I, I like to see what does this all mean in the big picture. Right. Assuming, as I believe, that that uh, Netanyahu's a globalist before he's an Israeli and even a Jew. Now I don't think he was before when he, you know, was uh, storming uh, the uh, you know Arabs uh, that were holding on to Jewish hostages. His brother got killed. I don't think then he was a globalist, and not too many people were compared to now. Well, who really benefits from Jews and Arabs, representatives of Islam and representatives of Judaism, from slaughtering each other? Who benefits? The answer is remarkably simple, if you're at least familiar with my work and, the tr and what I believe is the truth, the globalists. And why is that? Well, if you go back to history, the Jews actually were the only group to stand up to the Roman Empire. And it wasn't the Jewish uh, leadership. That was the Pharisees, I think. It was Jewish, more militant, brave, courageous, and you know, independent, freedom-loving Jews fought the Roman Empire continually to a standstill until they were overwhelmed and temple was burned, people were slaughtered at Masada who had decided to die rather than be taken by the Romans. And then came the diaspora. So that is being a devoted Jew and a warrior Jew is incompatible with globalism. It was fighting the Roman Empire, the, the globalism of the time. Now, what about Islam? Islam is a serious religion. Any serious religion is anathema, a threat to globalism. And in fact, Islam is a globalist empire of its own, it just doesn't rank with what we call the Eastern and Western empires, the Western being Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and NATO, our president right now, and a good chunk of the worst people in the world in the Western empire, and the Eastern empire with uh, Xi Jinping and um, the Chinese Communist Party is another empire, and they're both, both they're competing right now for the destruction of all the democracies, the constitutional democracies of the world. So if the Jews 
and uh, and the uh, the Islamists, the Islamic people, slaughter each other. That works out beautifully for both Eastern and the Western Empire. I don't know anybody that's talked about this. People avoid what who's really running things, and I think that when uh, I think you have to look at that now. The main, the general named D. Dai, gosh, I got a spelling here somewhere, but the, the main Hamas general is married to a Chinese woman. He spent the 90s, a good chunk of the 90s, training in China. His wife, uh, his future wife, was chosen by the Chinese to be his interpreter. She's from a, a, a separate Muslim group in China. I think they were grooming him uh, to, this is the main mastermind behind this attack, this recent attack. I think they were grooming him. I learned this initially from Dr. Yan, Li Ming Yan, who is a dear friend of ours, been working with her since she arrived in the U.S., who is on America Out Loud. And I went and researched it for myself and and found sources to confirm it. Not that I distrusted her. I just want to be able to say, and I confirmed it. Right. And this man is married to this Chinese woman, and they are both, especially, I guess, the Chinese woman, very close to Xi Jinping. I haven't seen this covered anywhere in the Western press. I got it from a Chinese dissident. So you've got, and apparently this financing from China, Dr. Yan believes that uh, she's a physician and a PhD. She believes that China is much more behind Hamas than is Iran. Hmm. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? And um, it's hard to get a picture because none of this is, as far as I know, is probably new to you. It's certainly new to me when she told me. Right, right, right. Um, no. So we have, you got to look at who's the big picture here. Well, well, no, I like the way you do that always. It, it, what I've got is this out of it, Peter. There are some people who believe what you just said, and I have heard that report. And I, I know Dr. Yen is all over this and making the connections back to Xi Jinping and the, the CCP there. You've got China on one end that's got a piece of this. Many people believe Russia is playing the, the Marxist card very well, and they're quite involved. In fact, there's a series yes. of, uh, they've been noted mm -hmm. to have equipment in there and all of that, so they're involved in this thing. And of course, keep in mind one other thing, one other caveat, Peter. Uh, Russia benefited greatly by this with a distraction of this sort because it takes the heat off of Ukraine and Russia. Usually, I mean, usually, yes. Nobody's watching that at the moment. Very few are, because right now the Middle East is the hot spot right this second. And that kind of gave them a little bit of a reprieve and chance to maneuver there and whatever they're going to do. So you have that going on. Then, of course, Iran, which has got, you know, the, all these uh, proxy groups, these terrorist groups all do report somehow. Uh, well, first of all, Iran gives them a, loads money. of money, the loads yeah. of money. They they finance his, uh, Hamas and Hezbollah. They've given Hezbollah, I've heard reports of a billion dollars a year they give them. I mean, this is big, serious money they give them. So it seems like it's all connected, this whole back to the globalists and what I you think talk so. about. That's right. Peter, you know, I mean. Yeah, I think so. It's so complex. I haven't even written about it because yeah, I should do you a column on this, but it uh, maybe we can, add a, we can get one out of this in some way. But 
Um, yes, it's very, very complicated. And the thing is, well, you know, you 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 were talking about how can people behave the way the Hamas was behaving. Right. One time when I was in Israel, a second time, I was walking around Jerusalem and I got lost a little bit. Hmm. And I was walking with a woman and we happened upon the the a, a settlement in Jerusalem of an Arab Arab people. They may have been there as long as Jews have been there. Well, the Jews the Jews were originally Jerusalem, but looking around, we stumbled on a group of about four or five children who were like from toddlers to maybe six or seven, maybe torturing a puppy with a pointed stick. And I, it was one of the few times in my life that I did not interfere in something like that because I knew that would be the end of us if we got involved in something like that. So we just went. Now, the way that the kids are being brought up now with this money from Hamas and so on is to hate Jews, to see Jews as vermin and scum. They're brought up like Nazis very early they're taught the greatest thing they can do is, you know, kill a Jew with a knife and that kind of business. That's at least what I hear from multiple sources over the years. Right. So they're unleashing stuff that um, has, uh, you know, influenced them for generations, really. Right. Right. And you've got the poverty and they're living under a violent totalitarian state. They elected Hamas, but that was the end of it. And now, uh, you know, they're ruled by Hamas. And it's probably safe to say that Hamas cares no more about its people uh, than the Jews care about their people and vice versa in a few different directions. That so we're now looking maybe at a small Jew, hope, small Jewish leadership that clearly has demonstrated its indifference to the fate of Jews. You know, when you look at the charter of the Quran specifically, and you look at the charter of Islam, or specifically these terrorist groups that want to, again, death to Israel, death to America. So is it safe to say or not? I mean, if they were able to kill every Jewish person on the planet and exterminate what exactly what they have said time and time again, who would their next enemy be? Does America still, I mean, this is this really just about the Jewish community or is this about a far wider community of the world that with their ideology again, that these people are after? This is so important for me to tell the world. And it's never just about the Jews, folks. It's always about dominating everybody. But I mean, it's like a tarantula. And these little terrorist groups of proxies are like arms of the tarantula. And like we spend all our time and effort going after the arm of the tarantula, even if they defeat Hamas, that's not going to be the end of anything, Peter. It's no. not going to be the end of anything at all. I mean, mm -hmm. it's nothing to celebrate. You're not going to take out your best bottle of champagne and celebrate at that moment. I mean, because that's just a moment of, okay, well, that's that. Now what's next? And the others are going to continue to come after them and death to Israel, death to America. Is that right or wrong? Right. It's absolutely right. And we can expand this uh, conversation even more. Yeah. And uh, something I've known a fair amount about. But again, I just had this amazing conversation with Dr. Yan. She's either, I think she's going to be on this Thursday yeah. on America Out Loud at 5 p.m. Will. She'll be on with you and Ginger. That's, that's correct. That's yeah, right. I've seen Me it. and I've Ginger seen it. talking oh, with yeah. Dr. Yan. Yeah. So 
one of the things that came up with her, because we were interested in her, having her talk about it, yeah. is the infiltration of America by communist Chinese with the open border. Right, that's right. That's and right. one of the things she said that was so interesting is, you, you know, mobs of people can't leave China without, <laughs> to come to America without <laughs> the Communist Party wanting them to do it. Yeah, yeah. She described yeah. how they'll intercept you if they don't stop you at the border of China, yeah. at the airports and so on. They'll stop you in Australia or where you set down. Yeah. They practically control Australia. And um, she talked about how when they get here, they meet these uh, fake anti-communist groups to get in as dissenters when they're not. And she she feels there are thousands of Chinese already yep. in America. That's She's correct. We've been reporting on this story. I'm very familiar with what you're talking about, the Chinese nationals. Uh, and there's a there's a bunch of them here. In fact, it's a historical amount of uh, Chinese nationals that have been coming over that border. I've been speaking to top immigration folks about this. And that's actually, actually absolutely documented, Peter. Uh, they are coming in by numbers we've never seen in our lifetime. And she's right with that point. So what does that really mean? I mean, they're not coming in for a holiday or a vacation, Peter. I mean, they're not here to, you know, whatever. Obviously, they're coming in to do harm at some point, just like all these other grid. But this is the problem with the open border and all of that. But anyways, let's... Well, it's not a problem with the open border. It's part of the policy of globalism. There you go. There you go. Yeah. It's yeah. a part. The ultimate of globalism is open borders. There you go. The, Co the Koch family, yeah. who supports so many supposedly conservative Republicans yeah. and wouldn't support no. Trump. And why wouldn't they support Trump? Yeah. It was because one of, and people don't know this, one of Trump's major platforms before the election, the first election, was I'm not a globalist. And he finally came out and said, I don't care if the Cokes don't support me. They're globalists. Right. That's right. That's right. And well, they want the borders open. What do you get from having an open American border? You move toward a universal labor market, all of them poor and struggling. And and there you are right there. I mean, you just hit it. You hit the nail right on the head right there with that moment. That Just think about that, friends out there, what Dr. Peter Bregan shares right there. This is, that, that's a huge point here, a huge caveat to this conversation that he is really, he, both Dr. Peter Began and Bregan and uh, Ginger Bregan have really dedicated their lives to is exposing the globalists in a way that is so vital and important for the world. Their best work, I mean, he's done uh, work, incredible work um, over his lifetime. But this last book here, COVID-19, The Global Predators, We Are the Prey. And by the way, they are working on some other big books and things that are happening right now. So they have their hands pretty heavy in all of this. That book is in the America Out Loud bookstores, you know, friends. And of course, it's in bookstores everywhere. Uh, but uh, we, We're going to try to figure out how to involve you in our new book. I, that's what I hear. All right. <laughs> so I heard rumors. You got to rediscuss it. I, I know. I heard rumors of that. But, anyways, this is incredible. And this is, they've dedicated their life to this and going after the globalists. So, when Dr. Peter Bregan makes the point there of all the open borders, now you kind of see what we're talking about here. It's more than just this, this, and this, but it's the movement of the Marxist left and what they're really looking for the Uniparty open borders, the globalists, and like you said, the lowest possible denominator economically in the poor, which kind of bring the country down to really third world status, because we can't afford it, even if we could, not to mention all the problems that come with it. But anyways, let's put all that aside. I got to take a pause here just a moment. 
And then we're going to continue on with some really interesting points I have. I want to ask uh, Dr. Bregan about it just moments here, a little bit here. Let me remind everybody right now that uh, AmericaOutloud.news uh, is the place to be. Uh, and uh, we ask you to get there and share the out loud truth, please. Get it out there. That's what we need our audience to do is to become uh, incredibly passionate and sincere about uh, the out loud truth and want to get that out that this is what we need pe- folks to do so help us get back there and share 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 also please remember america out loud dot shop is where we have all the great products to help people get through long covid help people get through vaccine injuries and to help people live a healthier happier life i mean if we don't have our health we have nothing and uh so you have to really focus on yourself and be healthy I went through it. My wife went through it. Very serious about of COVID. Dr. Bregan and, and uh, Ginger Bregan went through some rough times themselves with it and fought through it. And we're, we know how important our health is. And we know we want you out there to uh, to 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 uh, know that as well and to take the uh, opportunity to uh, help yourself out. Anyways, there's some fantastic products in there to help you through uh, these points. And they're all negotiated prices. Use the code OUTLOUD and you'll get the discounts in there uh, for those products. We'll take a quick pause now. We'll return just in moments here. You're listening to the voice of a nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at Liberty at America Out Loud dot com. Liberty at America Out Loud dot com. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out AmericaOutloud.shop. Look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. 
So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Join you back here, my fellow Americans. It is a privilege always to be with you. Thank you for joining us on The Voice of a Nation. And I'll tell you what, we have been on the case here on all of these stories. And globalism is is a problem, is a disease. And I have the man who uh, really, I think, is one of, if not the leading, uh, really expert in this field, who studied it and really uh, dedicated his life toward uh, exposing these predators uh, for sure, and the work they've been doing, uh, I'm incredibly proud of and proud to have uh, Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan on this platform, this network, and to be part of this family uh, is uh, is just uh, uh, marvelous, and it's, it's amazing. The people we have associated with this network, Peter, is off the charts, I have to tell you, and I just could not be prouder. Yeah. to be working with people of this magnitude. It's just incredible. There's uh, nothing in the world like this. Thank you, the brother. Huge, and I believe that's fabulous the collection of people. This is By crazy. the way, I, I want to say about Malcolm <laughs> that uh, when I've been under, re- me and Ginger, under really severe attack, I would say that the most sterling defender in many ways has been Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Malcolm, they tried to force Malcolm. I'm going to... St- Say this without any names, Malcolm. They tried to force Malcolm to take down some of my better stuff. And uh, people really leaned on him. And he said, this is a free speech platform. And I'm not budging. So we went uncensored on America Out Loud. And for a man who's got so much invested in something and he's being threatened, and all he has to do is just muzzle Peter and Ginger, to say no, I won't do it. It's a big deal. So I'm very, I'm very proud to to be working with you, Malcolm. Peter, you, you, with what you just said and the way you said it, it just stunned me a little bit because it, the way you just described what you described, and I've never had that kind of a heartfelt. We've never really talked about that point, but you just said some very interesting things, and it tells me right now you recognize what was going on to the point that it was, and you're exactly right. We were being pressured by some very um, important people, I guess. I you know, We're not going to use names here for sure. But some very important, some powerful folks were, were after us. 
to remove. And it was not comfortable to have that squeeze put on. You know that, Peter. You know, it was ridiculous. Oh, it was terrible for you because some people you dearly loved got involved. That's right. That's <laughs> right. It got messy. It got messy. And we were asked and told and pleaded with to please remove them. What What do you have to lose? That's what was said. And I thought to myself, I, I you know, a couple of those, those, this chapter that was going on, I thought to myself and I said, self, I said, you can't do what the left does and then sit here and plead ignorance and do the same thing. And because everybody complains about the fact we don't have a voice anymore. And I mean, we just can't do it. And so, yes, it gets uncomfortable. Yeah, it gets hot in the kitchen. Yeah, I mean, no doubt about it. But if we succumb to this at this point, Peter, we're no better than the Marxist left and the corrupt media out there and we, what do I have at that point? Then, Peter, if I do that, I'm a phony and it's not worth the fight anymore, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, God bless you, Malcolm. We appreciate you. That's what I say. Yeah. This, um, by the way, uh, over the weekend, there were a lot of protests calling for uh, Benjamin Netanyahu to resign, uh, angry protesters and, and chanting jail now and and really loud cries and, and, you know, and, and these, there, there have been a lot of haters out there and stuff, but not like there really is right now. And, um, but they're blaming him for exactly. And I want to come back to this. L listen to this number here, Peter. This is uh, wild. So a new poll by an Israeli news station just, just happened last few days here found that 76%, wow, of respondents want Netanyahu to resign. Why? They blame him for the security failures behind Hamas on the 7th of October. Yeah. Uh, but that terror rampage, what do you say to that? Well, it certainly means I'm not alone in what I'm saying today. And it was very, very hard for me to come to this conclusion. But it is very clear. It became clear to me that that's what thinking Jews around the world were, were saying to themselves and then getting the courage to voice. And that is that, uh, including Jews in the U.S., I hope that this just turns Jews away from progressivism and t all over the world and toward where we belong, which Amen. is freedom fighters. Oh, my God. That is a point that really, really um, saddens me deeply, Peter, the fact yeah. that I just never could. I never understood that, Peter. I never really understood how and why they could support the left. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I can address it particularly, but, um, you know, uh, the progressives managed to identify Hitler as being a right winger, <laughs> and which is really ridiculous. One um, of the biggest oxymoron they do. Just look at them today. Fascism, what they've done to the word. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and Hitler's the title of the party was the National Socialist Party. Yeah. What was it exactly, Nazi? It's National Socialist Workers Party, I think, is kind of the name of it. And it's and and uh, all kinds of socialist projects at the beginning to woo the people to his side, free vacations, cheap Volkswagens, all these things that were promised, none of which actually materialized, in part because the war became the obsession. But there was no money for anything else. But but he's he was basically a socialist. And the big corporations, as uh, I'm going to be talking about in my new book, the big social, uh, the big 
uh, bankers and the big industrialists often love anything that's collectivist, that's f- governed from the top, where the folks listen to everybody at the top, period. Uh, because that way, I mean, they can go to Xi Jinping or one of his minions and they make a deal and the deal's done. There's no Congress. There's no Supreme Court. There's no suits from the ACLU or from the, from the right. There's nothing like that when you have a dictatorship. So the growth of Nazism had support from not 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 nearly all of them banks, but some banks in the U.S. and some people like the Rockefellers, who uh, wanted to just invest where they knew they'd have control, be able to invest the way they wanted, and create a regime, help create Nazism where they could uh, you know just exploit their hearts out. And they did the same thing with the early Mao. They've done the same thing now with China. And this is not talked about. And the first time I heard about any of this stuff was when I tried to understand how could American medicine on every single level suddenly become violently anti-patient and 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 mm-hmm. also take total control of the of the uh, of, of medicine. How could the DEA and the uh, uh um, FDA and the CDC become the controllers of medicine. It's not statuary, statutory anywhere. And I started looking and then began to see that it's the it's the top down, in this case, the global down control, then the control over the nation, nation states, which they're increasing hugely now, including the U.S., then, then control over uh, uh, of uh, the people, including the doctors. And this just goes back to this enormous fact that we are on the verge of becoming a global empire. And by the way, it should be no surprise because since we became civilized, the world has been was originally made up of tribes. And then that was part of the civilizing. First, we were nomads. We grew up, evolved as nomads. Then we go into uh, sedentary groups that are farming. And once we went into sedentary, sedentary sedentary groups that are farming, we accumulated wealth. So marauders and other powerful evil forces will want to descend on us. Secondly, we're easy pickings. We're in cities and towns. All that protects us is walls. And why is that all that protects us? And that's because now we have, we don't have weapons. We make plows. We don't make swords. We don't know how to use them. We're we're not developing spears. But some of them, some of us, the what I call the apex global hunters of humans, we we uh we became easy pickings. And if you go ahead and you read read the Bible as history, the story begins with the Jews escaping from an empire among many empires that are mentioned. I don't know if it's two dozen. There are many empires mentioned throughout. Many, we don't know who, who they even were across the world. And so don't think people gave up wanting empires after we destroyed Hitler, the, the Japanese emperor and empire, and uh, and crashed Russia. Um, no, no, we didn't get rid of people lusting to build empires. And now for the first time, they have at their hands what they've always wished for. You go back and you listen to the Chinese emperors and you you look at Marxism as the more recent empire builders. 
And they are globalists. It's workers of the world unite. It's not nations of the world unite or workers of nations. Workers of the world unite. So they're all global imperialists. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's history. And now they, one last word. Now they have the tools to make it global. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, which is why, Peter, this whole th- listen, listen, th- 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 what you just described is perfectly said, because here's the thing. That's why uh, Make America Great Again, MAGA, but more than that, America First. America First became the disease to these people, Peter. Yes. So, yeah. It was their destruction. Yeah. 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 But not America as it became over the last several decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got very perverted along the way. You know, Benjamin Franklin, you know, reportedly said when asked by a woman when he came out of the Constitutional Convention, she said, what do we have? And he said, you know, famously, a republic, if you can keep it. Well, we've lost it. We've already lost it. And we've got to regain it. Right. I've got about. So what I want to do, I've got about three and a half minutes left here. And I just want to use them to say. How do you see this evolving right now? I want to get this right. This is real important to, to the real uh, crux of this. Like th- this move now, what's happened? We've talked about some of these outside forces. What's happened in the Middle East? The the sense of globalism, Peter, where we're at now versus America first being the disease to these people. How does this play out right now in the next uh, really year or two? We're, we're right on the doorstep right now, Peter. Well, I think we're being crushed by three different empires. The two major ones are the Eastern with China and the Western led by the U.S., but also EU, very globalist, European Union, NATO, all those folks. They all want global control. And they all talk about it. I've had no trouble finding people talking about it, to quote in in the new book. Also in the old book, I mean, I really was making these points before. We're just elaborating on them now. And, and then you've got Islam, which is really a third empire that none of the other empires want at all. The Russians, I mean, the Russians fight with the Islamicists, the Chinese exactly. fight with the Islamicists, and so on. Yeah. Um, I think we're very near to the imposition of a global empire. And how it is going to happen right now is they're working through the UN and they're working through the WHO. The WHO has got all kinds of proposals they're working on that I've written about, go to our substack, to uh, enable it to take over the world. And remember, they're an agency of the UN with with any kind of a health issue, and most things are health issues in their eyes, and most things are health issues. The UN now has come out saying they want to set up an emergency platform because they're the rightful heirs to taking over the world when there is any kind of a global threat overall global threat. This is all stated stuff. It's all on our substack, Peter and Gingerberg and substack. So I think this is the direction they're going in, but now they're also going in with these wars to distract us and to weaken us and so on. So I think we're really at risk. Now, what we need, listen, folks, it's not, not, it's not complicated. We need to revive the spirit of the United States of America. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what undoes, un, has undid these people. Yeah. Now, America itself became an empire. Really, the Bushes were globalists. They oh, both supported globalism. Big time, big time. Big time. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, so yeah, we really perfect. need a conservative, freedom-loving revolution. I'm not talking about a bloody one. I'm talking about a huge 
peaceful one. Yeah. We need to get out. Mm. We need, what, what, why, why, why let the people who want to kill Jews, you know, meeting 300,000 people in the U.S.? We need a, millions of people getting out there and saying, we're for America first. We're for freedom. We're for the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the oh, Bill of Rights. Sure. We can save the world yeah. by returning to being the light of constitutional democracy as we need. Oh, wow. 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 It's always a three wows for me, Peter. That was a three wows statement oh, you just gosh. made there. Yeah, three wows. Um, my wife always says that to me. She said, my God, you said you're three wows. That's got to be a big deal. Um, <laughs> so my, my, my isms. Listen, what you said just there is absolutely perfect. And as a patriot, I totally get everything. I, this was so so marvelous and to bring it to the the uh the head of what you just said is uh, so key uh, in fighting the globalists and to just to put the cherry back on top of this whole thing friends it's this in seconds left here but here here the thing is we're 247 years into the american experiment the american dream is at risk right now uh we have this election as i tell you all the time next year it is an election a general election new president congress the whole bit here very important uh back to conservative values patriotic values america first values that's what we're talking about here friends our identity our our uniqueness our gifts god's gift is right here it's america the united states of america 250 years is right there on the landmark we will that's our semi-quincentennial we will be 250 years old we got two two roads here peter in front of us there's a fork in the road right now and there's here's how i close the comment to you we're going to stay free and we're going to take that fork in the road as robert frost wrote, wrote about in his poem it's going to be that one there and that's going to be the semi-quincentennial celebration of american values or we're going to go down in flames and we yes. will not make the 250 years. That's what, that's it, right? Do I have 20 seconds? Go, 30 seconds? right now. Yeah, go ahead. All right. This is going to make more enemies in our freedom movement than I've made before. Do not hope for or vote for RFK Jr., for Robert F. Kennedy. He's the spoiler to pull votes from Trump or any other conservative candidate, Period. Boy, that's another conversation for another day right there. But Dr. Peter Bregan, you are like, uh, how do I say, a walking encyclopedia, sir. I'm a big, big picture painter. I love jumping up, by the way, to 50, 60, 70,000 feet. Sometimes it goes as high as 80,000 feet. And then yeah. I just got to hold on for oxygen. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, Anyways, friends, that's my story today. And I'm sticking to it. Thank you for joining me here on the broadcast. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.